This is episode number 87 with Justin Kahn of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I am your host uh, coming from you live from Melbourne, Australia. So really, really excited about today's episode. It's with a founder called Justin Khan and uh, he uh, co-founded a company called Twitch TV, which is a platform that allows you to record yourself gaming so it's a it's a it's essentially a, a piece of software for gamers and uh it just it just took off and what's uh, super amazing is he sold that company to amazon for close to a billion dollars which is absolutely insane uh justin came out of y combinator which is uh the considered the biggest and most famous and most successful incubator or startup accelerator in the world. Uh, so he came out of uh, Y Combinator and, uh, you know, he was in the, I think it was the first batch of people in Y Combinator and uh, he's just got a wealth of knowledge and he's now a partner at YC. He invests in other startups and he's really on the ground in Silicon Valley, just knowing what's up and seeing where, you know, people are stumbling, seeing what's holding people back, seeing what these customer acquisition channels are that are working, seeing how to build and grow and a really fast growth startup. So I really think you're going to enjoy this one, guys. Uh, I really enjoyed speaking with Justin. He's a really, really great guy. He shared a ton of gold. So look, that's it from me, guys. If you are enjoying these episodes, please, please, please do take the time to leave us a review. It helps so much more than you can imagine on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening. And uh, yeah, look, I hope you have a great day. Thank you again for sharing your earbuds with me. Now let's jump into the show. So look, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I'm just going to ask you the first question I ask everyone that comes on, and, and that is, how'd you get your job? 
Well, uh, I started off as an entrepreneur right when I graduated from college. My friend Emmett and I started a company called Kiko, which is a web calendar, kind of like Google Calendar. It wasn't very successful, to be honest, but uh, we it started off, us off on startups, and then you know we kind of haven't looked back and founded a couple startups, including Justin TV and Twitch, and then now I'm a partner at Y Combinator, and um, you know that kind of that was a natural progression from being an entrepreneur for me. Mm, awesome. And when it came to uh, Kiko, you actually um, you stole sold that company, right? Yeah, we sold it on eBay after it wasn't very successful, to be honest, but we wanted to recover some of the money back for our investors. And so we decided to try to list it on eBay for sale, like the code base and, and the, the site. And um, it turns out uh, there were a couple of people interested. We ended up selling it for about a quarter million bucks to two cows in Canada. You know, that that sale... Uh... It's quite insignificant compared to your to to your last sale of to to Amazon, close to a billion dollars with Twitch. Um, now I'm sure a lot of people will be really interested about how that all came about and how you got into the esports business because you know Twitch is such a massive company. Um, can you tell us, like, first of all, you know, you started Kiko, um, you sold that company. Tell us all like about the whole YC experience and how that all started and and how that's been so incremental. Do you like just tell us all about that experience? Well, okay. So, where do you want me to start? Let's start with you. You started this company. At what point didn't you think it was going to work? Kiko, basically, we were kind of like working on the calendar. Not many people adopted it. It honestly wasn't very good. It was kind of like an Outlook style drag and drop calendar. And so we ended up uh, deciding, hey, let's let's build something else. And so we built a bunch of other things. None of them really were very successful because we weren't very focused. And uh, we ended up deciding, hey, let's shut down this company. We need to sell the company. We're kind of out of money. Uh, so we did the eBay. We sold on eBay. And then we got funding from, you know, for our next company from Paul Graham of Y Combinator. That idea was uh, called Justin TV. Actually, we we had gone and we pitched him something that was entirely different from Justin TV, like another idea. And he didn't like it, and he asked, you know, do you guys have any other ideas? So we kind of pitched him this idea of doing our own you know, live reality show on the web, and they liked that. Actually, hey, Robert Morris, one of the other YC partners originally, uh, who's a professor at MIT, a famous computer science professor, was like, "I'll fund that just to see you make a fool of yourself." <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we ended up starting Justin TV and um, I kind of spent about six months building the site, getting a live streaming solution going and uh, brought on two more co-founders, uh, Kyle and uh, Michael, two friends of ours. And then we ended up kind of going live with this show and eventually uh, kind of grew to a pretty big site, about 30 million people every month. Uh, but oh, wow. it flattened out and we realized we needed to do something else in order to you know, kind of keep our company going. And so we brainstormed ideas. And one of those ideas was a site focused on just gaming. Emmett, my co-founder Emmett, had uh, came up with the idea because he really liked the gaming content that was on Justy TV. And so we uh, started working on that and kind of grew into what is today Twitch. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And, I'm just curious, like when it came to, I guess, having a, a 24-7 live feed about yourself, what 
what triggered uh, you wanting to do that and how do you think that, that you guys got that to take off? It was very novel, right? So, I mean, people wanted to watch it or to check in on it and see it because they it was like kind of a crazy idea. It wasn't very entertaining, so they didn't stick around. Um, you know, in terms of my own motivation, I just uh, I like doing new things and kind of experiencing new stuff. And it seemed like a crazy idea and uh, something I'd like learn from regardless of what happened. And so we, uh, I was, you know, that was kind of what sold me on doing it. I see. And and when you guys pivoted, um, did you ever plan to? Did you ever think that you would get it as far as you did to to sell it to Amazon? Did you ever think that that, that would happen? Well, I mean, you know, definitely not, you know, in terms of the outcome at the end, you know, selling for $970 million, you never guessed that in the beginning. So, I mean, I think it was it was a pretty amazing outcome. Even when we were working on Twitch, when we were pivoting it to Twitch, we, I remember thinking if we got 10 million uniques a month, that would be like amazing. And, um, you know, now Twitch is around 100 million MAU. So, you know, it's, it's um, kind of quite exceeded our expectations. Yeah, wow. And were you the first batch ever at Y Combinator? Were you the first batch? Kiko was in the first batch in 2005. Gotcha. Kind of come full circle and you know, a partner there. Because, yeah, what's really interesting is it this was the same, that batch was the same batch for Dropbox and a few others, right? Well, actually, Dropbox was in, funded in 2007. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So was there any notable startups? Because I know you're really good friends with like all these, like it's just like a massive, uh, quite a tight-knit community that you're part of. Yeah, a lot of us who were getting started together at the, you know, in the early days are uh, still friends. You know, like, um, for example, I was in the first batch, we were, we were batchmates with Reddit, the founders of Reddit, Stephen Alexis. Yep. And then like, in San Francisco in 2007, when we were starting Justin TV, we got to know the guys from like Weebly and Zobni and Dropbox. And so, you know, a lot of us are like still pretty good friends and see each other regularly. Yeah. Wow. And do you think that that like kind of influence is where you guys are able to, to build these high growth companies? Like why does that occur? Do you think? Uh, well, I think a, a lot of it is, these people were all getting started during a time when there's growth on the internet. I mean, that's still happening right now. And, you know, being at YC in the early days really gave us a lot of momentum to like kind of get a product out of the gate. So, I mean, I think that was a, that's kind of where we started off in terms of, you know, who's successful and who's not. I think there's a little bit of survivorship bias, but I think it, there was a, a big aspect is just like sticking with it, you know, and mm -hmm. iterating against, a set of customer needs, right? Like the people who I know have been successful from those early days all like basically built their company and continued building it and continued talking to customers and building what people wanted, right? And eventually you can't help but be successful if you just do that enough. Yeah, okay. Interesting. And tell us about your next company. Like what are you working on now? You sold you sold Twitch to Amazon for nine hundred and seventy million. Um, like you retire now, like that's a lot of money. Like what, what's next? You, you, you get bored after a while, right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, my full-time job is working at Y Combinator and I, uh, there we funded advised companies, you know, I'm kind of doing what Paul did for, for us, um, for other companies. Outside of that, I started a company called 
the artist union uh, with some friends of mine in electronic music. We're building tools to help uh, electronic music artists promote themselves on social media. And uh, that's more of like a labor of love because I, I just really like electronic music and I wanted to do something in this space. You know, outside of that, I just invest and try to take it easy, learn new things. I mean, that's, you know, that's, I think that's enough jobs for one person, you know? Mm. And uh, do you still get the the thrill that you used to when you were working at uh, running and, and building Twitch? Yeah, I mean, we're still, I think it's still exciting to be building new products. That's what I really like doing is like discovering new products, using new products and building them. And so to me, that's, that's, it's still exciting. Like I, I like, uh, I like building new stuff. I like starting from zero to be honest, even if it's, you know, like Twitch is such a huge scale. That's like pretty awesome. But I also like just building something new, you know, just for myself or mm. a small people. Yeah, I guess that's the really rewarding thing uh, as an entrepreneur to be able to build something from scratch with, with your own two hands. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, well, it's like building anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I'm curious, um, when it came to, to scaling Twitch, uh, because it's, yeah, it's such a massive company, like my little brother uses it. And I, I said, I was speaking to you today and he was really excited. I'm curious, you know, and this is something that I'm struggling with right now is, is going from founder to CEO, like, you know, you, you, you've never, if you, when you've never run a company before, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a challenge to manage people and, and also when you're scaling it and building your team, like what advice do you have uh, in regards to that, Justin? Well, I mean, if you've never done it before, it's okay because you can learn, right? Like it's pretty, you know, that I think there's a couple of things you can do to learn how to like kind of do the things you need to do in a startup outside of building product, right? You know, the most important thing is that you build something that people actually care about and want to use. And after that, you know, everything else is like, kind of follows naturally and is easily learnable, right? Like the best thing to do, I think, is get advice from people who have done it before. So, you know, you can go get funding from an accelerator or raise money from some angel investors who are hopefully experienced in, in entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship. Um, or, you know, like build a community of entrepreneurs, like meet other people who have are slightly further along the curve than you are, you know? That's always good to do. And that's something that helped me, you know, a, a lot. And so, you know, that all those things like hiring people, managing people, you know, raising funding, those are things that you can learn a lot from like reading online or getting advice from people who have done it before. The key is just like always keep learning and don't be intimidated by doing something new, you know? In regards to, you know, just having, like you said, creating something that people want, um, what are some other like do you think really powerful things that you did to grow Twitch so fast besides, you know, drawing on people that have done it before? Sure. All the credit really goes to my co-founder Emmett, who, you know, gaming was the thing that he really liked on Justin TV. And uh, so when we came to pivoting, it was the thing he wanted to work on. And so we had a team that started working on, on gaming. And specifically what he did was he went to all the gaming broadcasters and content creators on other sites and said, what's it going to take to get you to work on Twitch or to broadcast on Twitch? And, um, you know, they'd come up with some features that they wanted or things that they really cared about. And uh, he would basically aggregate them and tally them and then build the things that people wanted most. And then those users would eventually come on and they'd bring all their viewers with them. 
And so, you know, it kind of repeated that process over months and months and eventually the ball got rolling. Mm, I see. And when it came to building the company before you sold it, how many staff did you have? Uh, when the company sold, it was about 170, I think. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And when it came to hiring, you know, what advice do you have on that? Especially when, I guess, you know, you've got your co-founders, you've got your core team, like, you know, what, what advice do you have on hiring and, and hiring to scale? Well, I think that it's always easiest to, in the, in the very early days when you're hiring, it's easiest to hire when you've done the job yourself. You really want to like understand what the like skills you need to do the job are yourself in order to hire for that. And I think it's really hard to hire for founders, especially early founders who have to hire for things that they haven't like actually done themselves. So my, my advice is always like kind of dive in or have one of the founders like dive in and do that job first before you try to hire for it, you know, when, especially in the very early days. I see. And what about managing? Like, do you have any tips or advice you would have for people around managing and managing people and, and building like a really strong, powerful, cohesive team? The things that most early stage founders get wrong is they don't like, they're not clear with what their expectations are. You know, you don't set out like success and failure criteria for projects. I think that's like the first thing to do. The second thing is like meet regularly with the, you know, your employees and team, like set regular one-on-ones. Those are kind of like the two basic things that I think like most new founders like get wrong. You can avoid probably like 80% of the problems if you just do those two things. When it comes to early stage founders, there's so many things you can focus on, whether it's product, marketing, uh, you know, raising capital, worrying about cash flow, all these different things. What, because you're you're surrounded by so many successful entrepreneurs, what are what are the most important traits that you've found in super successful entrepreneurs? I think the most successful entrepreneurs are relentlessly resourceful and refuse to give up or get blocked, roadblocked by anything. You know, outside of that, you really should be just focusing on your product until your product is growing, right? Like all those other things are, can be a distraction if you don't have a growing product. And also when it comes to like hiring, how do you actually know what to hire next when, you, when you're scaling up? How do you work that out? You just only hire the jobs where it's like you're super struggling to like actually do that work, right? Don't hire in advance of anything, right? Like you really only want to hire when you're like you really need someone to do that job probably because like the existing team is like drowning. Mm. And what did, what did you guys do around culture for Twitch? Was there anything specific that, that really helped to, to build the culture and the team out and, and made it an amazing company to work for? Well, I think with Twitch, you know, Emmett, who became the CEO and pivoted Twitch did a really like one had one really key observation, which is, that the customer was the broadcaster, you know, not, it's not necessarily intuitive. You might think that like we should focus on viewers, right? Cause there's more viewers, but his insight early on was that broadcasters are what's going to bring all the viewers, right? So if we make the broadcasters happy, more viewers will come and Twitch will grow. Mm. And so I think that was one of the core things he thought of. It was pretty easy actually to, you know, to lots of people wanted to work at Twitch, right? Because Twitch is a, it's like a video game company, right? Like it's an interesting subject matter, right? So um, there was a large base of people who wanted to work on Twitch because it, you know, it's gaming. I'm curious also, 
when it came to attracting talent, uh, like how did you guys work out, um, you know, stock options and stuff like that and, and how much you want to give up of your company? I mean, we kind of probably went around like standard distribution of, you know, for Silicon Valley companies. And I'm not sure that we did anything exceptional there, but I think that now with the talent being much more competitive, especially with you know, <laughs> how much funding is going into the tech ecosystem, it's more and more important to like compensate your early employees like with more stock because they have a lot of options. You know, they can go mm. into a company, they can go and work for you know Facebook or Google and get paid probably a lot more than you can pay them. So people have a lot more options now. Mm. And in regards to that, like, what are your thoughts on on bootstrapping versus raising capital for your idea? If somebody has an idea, do you believe you know? go to an accelerator like Y Combinator, get traction first. You know, there's there's a lot of arguments um, against both aspects. What are your thoughts and what is your advice for, for somebody that has an idea? Uh, if you have an idea, just start building it now. I mean, I think applying to Accelerator, you know, obviously I work at an Accelerator, so I'm a little biased. I think applying and uh, going to Accelerator, well, I think going to Y Combinator is, is good. And I think we are able to help companies a lot, but like you shouldn't let an accelerator, you know, doing one or not change your trajectory or like, I mean, prevent you from starting a company or like continuing on with your company. You know, the best founders will like just push on and continue like building or just building kind of independently of any investor. Mm. And when it comes to, you know, now you work at, at YC and you invest in startups and advise startups. Um, what do you find is the biggest problem and the most common trait for startups that fail or don't or don't make it? Probably lack of focus. People don't like focus on a limited enough thing, and they never build something that has product market fit. And how do you know when you found uh, product market fit? Uh, your product, you know, it's growing. Customers keep coming. It's growing. That's basically it. You know, people like it. They report back to you that they like it. Okay, because that's something that I know a lot of people do struggle with. They they don't know when they've found product market fit. Yeah, well, I mean, do you do you have you found a channel that attracts customers, right, and that scales, and do those customers like like it and continue to use your product? Mm, okay, and when it comes to focus, do you think that founders are working like the, these founders that they're working on too many different things, uh, like like can can you delve a little bit deeper in in like how they're not as focused as they should be, or they're not focused enough, or they sure? Yeah, there's like lots of work that things that like appear like work that are actually not work. They're fake work. For example, going out and getting press about your company is probably fake work because it doesn't actually give you any users or really any value. It might be a good bootstrap to like get a few like users initially, but like after you are growing, you know, it doesn't really do anything for you, except maybe do some, like signaling, right? Uh, yeah. Which is probably not important for whatever stage of company you're at. Like for example, going to conferences and speaking about your startup is probably fake work because uh, mm. it doesn't actually help you get any more users or make any more revenue. For some companies, that's not true, right? For some companies that sell to startups, it might be, you know, that might be real work. But for many companies, it's, it's fake work. Like um, having coffee with random people, that's like fake work. That doesn't like actually help you grow your customers or, you know, make more revenue. 
lots and lots of things that people do are like appear like work, but are actually fake work. So what should people be focusing on? You should talk to your customers to figure out what they want. You should build the things they want. Then you should test your hypothesis to see if they you've actually built what they want. And then you should just do that over and over again until you have an extremely successful company. Mm, love it. And you should do anything that's like, that's the first order, anything that's second order, right? Like, for example, maybe you can't build things fast enough because you need to hire engineers. So then you need to hire engineers. Or maybe, you know, you can't build things fast enough because you don't have any money to, to hire, pay those engineers. So you got to go raise money. But everything should be like one order away from, you know, those three things, talking to customers, iterating on your product, and then testing whether you've actually built what they want. And when it comes to, I guess, um, work ethic, Justin, I'm curious, like to build a company, like the size that you did with Twitch and sell for close to a billion dollars, like what was your work ethic like? Um, how many hours did you work? Would you say you worked, you know, 80 hour weeks for a long period of time? Um, that's something I always find really interesting. Yeah, I mean, we worked really hard the first two years, basically working all the time, like seven days a week, you know, like 80 hours a week, basically. You know, after those first two years, we kind of started moving more towards like normal, you know. I think we made up for a lot of like kind of lack of experience with just like hard work in the beginning. You know, a lot of companies or not really companies, I guess a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs now are coming to Silicon Valley uh, to to try and make their startup um, give it the best chance of success possible. Do you believe it can be done out of of the valley? And and what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think you can build a startup company out, outside the valley, but I think that the most successful <laughs> companies get started here because there's this access to capital and talent here that there isn't anywhere else. And you know, starting somewhere else, you just don't necessarily have that. We're almost done for time, Justin. So I have one last question. And uh, that is, what are three action items for startup founders, uh, early stage entrepreneurs that you have, you know, you've, you've listed a lot of things that you think people should be doing, but what are the three key takeaways that, uh, you know, any questions that you wanted me to ask you that I haven't asked you? Um, what just, I'll just let you, yeah, just, just, uh, finish off there. Okay. Three key takeaways. I mean, I guess the first thing is like, if you haven't gotten started, you should just start because it's never been cheaper or easier to start a company. You've been thinking about it. You should just, you know, the first step is the hardest. I guess the second thing would be, you know, once you've decided to take that first step and like start your company or whatever, you need to like figure out what, how you can actually provide value to some customers. Right. So the, key thing to do is to like actually go and talk to some customers and aggregate some requirements and then build something that meets those requirements. Right. And then the third thing is like, test that, like make sure that they actually want to use it by like giving them the product and seeing what happens and being honest with yourself about, are they actually using it? And if you just do those two things over and over again, I think you like cannot help, but be successful. Yeah, I was just going to say, just on that, man, you make it sound so easy. Like, do you find, like, in YC, a lot of people and and the startups and founders that you, you meet, a lot of people don't do that? Well, I mean, I think that they, like, don't I, – I know because we've had experience with doing this week where we weren't, like, actually doing it. Um, and we weren't being honest about whether our, you know, we were being successful or not. We would, like, kind of build something that we thought people wanted 
um, but we wouldn't have not based on like actually talking to them and then it would come out and maybe like some people would use it maybe not but we weren't making like iterative improvement and so it wasn't like getting better over time you know so it was like a way to exist but not actually honestly assess whether we were being successful and continuing to become more successful over time and that's where i think people get stuck mm. And and how long do you think somebody should keep working on something until they know uh, when it's time to pivot? Like for you guys, like with, with Justin uh, TV, at at how did you guys just know when to when uh, enough was enough? Like because you talked about you know being relentless, and, and sometimes you know you could just keep going forever. Like you could have kept going forever on Justin TV, right, until you ran out of funding. Well, it was it was not growing anymore. So when things aren't growing on the internet, they're usually about to die because uh, the internet itself is growing, and you know there's more people every you know every day, every month. So your relative share of the market is shrinking over time if you're staying the same. Um, so you know, for us, it was pretty clear the writing was on the wall where we had to do something new. Um, I think the answer is kind of different for every company, but you know, just because something, I think a lot of people use the excuse that it's not working to give up. And, um, that's, that's not necessarily the right answer either. Right. Because if you don't stick with something, um, you're not going to ever make something successful because almost nothing is successful like day one. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, just wanted to, to finish off like with the esports business, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on like just how crazy it is. It's not, it's not that crazy here in, um, like here in Australia, um, it is, but compared to like some of these countries like Korea and stuff like that, it's almost like an Olympic sport. And what's your thoughts on that? I think it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. Like it far exceeds our expectations. We never thought we'd be at, you know, Twitch, we never thought Twitch would be a hundred million MAU. It's pretty awesome. Mm, awesome. All right. Well, look, we'll wrap there. Um, look, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It was an absolute pleasure. No problem. All right, Nathan. Take Bye. care. You too. Bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.